Thanks for listening to Wagerager. This is D-Nice on vacation. What's going on, Dutch? Vacation D-Nice, man. Looking good. Looking a little tan. Looking relaxed. <laughs> looking a little tan. I'm having a great fucking time with my family. There's nothing like a family vacation in the fucking Outer Banks. It's just glorious. It's just fucking <laughs> glorious, guys. There's nothing better. There's You're living the dream out there, there, man. You're yeah, living the dream. Oh, oh, yeah. It's great. It's a great year. There's not a pandemic going on or anything. There's not just, you know, fuck, man, I'm done. I just need to blow off some steam. Okay. Vostrain, how you doing after that foggy tournament in San Fran? Uh, I think we have some good things to talk about, huh? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm like, the only thing that can kind of make you feel better, D-Nice, is the fact that we, we hit with our boy Colin for the second oh. time it was in incredible. the last couple of weeks. It's incredible. Twice in four weeks. It was four weeks, right? Like, I was drinking all day, as you do on the first day of vacation. We drove down here on Saturday. It took us like eight and a half hours to get down to Nags Head, beautiful Nags Head. And then drinking all day on Sunday, you know, first day of vacation. And then I was just, I, I ditched dinner early. I was like, guys, I got to watch this. Yeah, sorry. got Tuned see. in right in time to see Morikawa's Eagle. And from that time forward, I was off the rails. You're like, I, it seems like you're really, really focused on this golf tournament. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, because so. the podcast picked yeah, you're right. money online. You're really focused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate uh, your focus. <laughs> absolutely yeah. electric performance from Colin the, the entire round. I mean, starting on one, I mean, I think I was texting with you guys. Like, he, he just drilled it down the fairway. One was a make birdie all day. His approach shot lands in the sand, and he gets it out to, like, 20 feet. And I'm thinking, well, it was a nice little sweat that we had for about 20 minutes because he's going to bogey one, which would be like losing basically two strokes on the field who were birding it all day. Yep. Makes a monster putt, made another monster par save on six, and then just that back nine. Absolutely unbelievable. Electric chip in on, was it 14? Oh, how great was that? Because otherwise we're looking at bogey again. Absolutely. Yeah. Chips it in to take the outright lead. Yeah, um, I, I jumped off the couch. I, I think uh, Abby might have thought I was absolute, like an absolute lunatic. I jumped off the couch and was screaming when that putt went in because that was... I mean, as you should have been. I mean, that, that was, was the huge. dagger to the heart right there. I mean, that was huge. It was just an incredible tournament. He was so he was what third best odds going into Sunday. Like he wasn't the favorite, right? As we headed into Sunday, so like ten to one. Yeah, for yeah. yeah he was after yeah. he was after uh, DJ was coming in between like plus two fifty and That's plus three right. hundred, depending on your book. And then Brooks was between plus three fifty and plus you know four seventy. I was seeing as high as plus four seventy. Yep. I am happy that Kepka didn't pull this one off. I am happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, me too, since we weren't betting shit. on him. <laughs> since, since we weren't betting on him, but I think I'm tired of Kepka. I mean, what was it, 25 to 1 that we hit? Some of our friends, I think, had higher, 30, 35 to 1. Dutch, I think you had someone that had 50, I want to say, mm-hmm. or 45 or something. That, that's an awesome line. And yeah. where did they get that line? Because I need to find some I'm some actually doing research like to that. figure that out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a bookie. It sounds yeah, like a bookie it. that's posting Get us in with that lines. local. Yeah. You know, I Sign mean, me and, and, and D-Nice was very generous because when we posted, you know, you said you didn't want to give away a line that they couldn't get anymore. I mean, we were we were on it early. And I think I got it at like 35, 29. So it was there. We were in on yeah. Moscow early. If people had listened to the podcast, you know, and not wait for the card, I think, you know, people would have gotten that number as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure people got good enough numbers, though. And, you know, honestly, when you hit a winner, who, who gives a shit what 
the number is like at that point you're just happy you hit a winner yeah when you hit a winner you hit a winner it feels good but you raise a very good point there we posted it i try to give the lines at that time but listen to the podcast we're moving the recording times up on the podcast we got them at what 35 to 1 by the time that i posted it 25 i think at the time that the tournament went off on thursday morning he was even below that but definitely listen to it bet those right away and yeah two in two in a month i'm not going to complain not bad at all. We'll take here. that. He's keeping us going. And we, you know, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't also mention the fact that it was pretty clutch because the matchups were brutal this week. <laughs> we had, we yeah, had, I wasn't going to mention that, but we have, we, no, I think it's only fair that we do though, because I think it, it actually exemplifies sort of the inherent grind of golf betting, right? Where we had a massively profitable tournament because we hit an outright that otherwise would have been very, very bad. Yep. And, and I think, that is best explained by our Tringale over uh, Merit, where Tringale yeah. beats Merit by three strokes, beats him by three strokes. Uh, Fair and square. Both, they're both cut. Yep, we're good. We're golden yeah, at Wager Rager. And then he, he signs the, an incorrect scorecard, gets DQ'd, and we lose the matchup. I mean, that's a solid, you know, three unit swing right there. Golf is oh, a fickle bitch. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell me about this real quick, guys. How is it in this year, 2020, that you can sign cards? Like, how do you get disqualified for this? Like, how is this something that happens? That's always been I feel been like this rule. shouldn't happen. It's always, it's always been, you know, holding golfers accountable to the, to the, you know, spirit of the sport, the honesty, the loyalty. Your card has to be signed and verified. It also has to be verified by your partner. And if your partner disagrees and you had already submitted it, that's when you run into an issue. So what did he do? He just signed it, didn't console anybody, and threw it in. He was like, I'm cut, fuck this, I'm leaving. He might have had well, shitty handwriting on a hole too. What was wild oh about my it Lord. was the, the story was that, well, first of all, this is the second time this has happened to Cameron Tringale at a major. So let's keep that in oh, mind the next time okay. I'm pushing a Tringale matchup in, in a major. <laughs> Uh, what he did, this is this is what's going to drive even more crazy because it, it goes against everything we know about other sports where you're trying to seek any advantage you can. He actually was at lunch, realized he did the wrong scorecard, went back, admitted his mistake, and then got DQ'd. Had he just kept his mouth shut, I think he probably gets away with it because he's cut, so no one cares. What wow. Fucking <laughs> Wow. See, it doesn't so pay the fact to be that nice. He was being honest. He was being honest and nice during lunch. He got cut. He was trying to be honest and a good guy. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you messed this up. You're disqualified. I love this. I'm looking at her Twitter account right now. I posted all the one and a half unit or more bets. I don't know how many hit. And I even said, hashtag tickle my tringale. <laughs> he tickled he something, tickled, all right. Sure. <laughs> tickled, tickled, fuck. We gotta get him All a right. fucking eraser, apparently. And yeah, then we so had Cameron, Neiman, Neiman over you know, Nicholson. Neiman, that, Neiman no. So I'll I'll just mm. tell you right now the uh, the mm. higher unit uh, wagers went poorly. We went one in four matchups in general for me across the entire board were down a solid eight units. So worst matchup week of the year, you know, negatively impacted by that Tringale one, you know, that's a three unit ish swing. So that takes you down to five units, but regardless, pretty massively profitable tournament because, you know, put in a, a nice little, you know, half a unit bet on, on Morikawa. 35 plus to one. So that'll make up there for a go. while. <laughs> there you go. You go from down eight units to what? Up eight, up nine there. Yeah. It's I crazy. Mean, up, yeah. Yeah. Up 
about yep that's about right yep that's a beautiful thing about golf betting you can hit that one outright things really turn around i got most of the matchups in i was struggling to get things to wrap up work get things packed for vacation i missed a couple of these i ended up about the same up that amount but jesus i think i jinxed this a couple weeks ago by saying that our one and a half plus unit bets were on fire (laughs) what the hell d nice i feel like i feel like we got the negative mojo out now because that that tringale beat is about as bad as you can get i mean look betting is is generally you know you just have to kind of keep your head up and frustrating things happen but like objectively that's about the worst beat i think i've experienced just in betting like you know in yeah. ma- magnitude of the bet not not the end of the world so like we kind of can get through it and we hit a winner so it's all good but it's hard to get a worse beat than actually having your guy win you start <laughs> yeah. to count that as a w in your head and then like two hours later find out your guy's dq'd because he couldn't sign a scorecard correctly. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those that uh, hopefully it doesn't happen too many other times, although it's happened twice in a major firm. Tringale, man, come on now. Yeah, you got to step Get it up. Get your you know, shit together. You know, not to dismiss Tringale fucking up his card, but I think this also brings up, the matchup portion brings up a good educational point for us. You know, we put all these out there, and not all of them are always going to hit, but it's also up to you to kind of, you know, pick which ones you like, pick which ones you don't. And keep in mind that we're taking them off because we trust the process over here. So if you trust the <laughs> process, it'll eventually work out. But if, you, you know, if you're picking a couple different ones here and there, you know, use some discretion. Yeah, use some discretion, pick and choose it. I would say that if you're going to pick and choose some, we had, what, we probably posted 15 matchups because in majors, books right. will post more matchups. We had a lot, but if you want to go with the most confident ones, anything that says two units or 1.5 units, that's the more confident bet. So take those. And yeah. it didn't work out last week. <laughs> but it will. The outrights, yeah. In the long run, it will. If the outrights, then you're fine. Exactly. exactly. All right, you're fine. Shut the fuck up because you want trust money. Trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. Speaking of trust the process, nothing to do with golf. Trust the process started with the Sixers. They are not. That process, man. Like, that process is fucked. It's I think Ben Simmons might have played his last game in Philly. <laughs> and Bede's hurt sitting out. He's probably just nursing it. But trust the process. We got to be careful with it because, uh, man, Brett Brown, hopefully he gets fired. I'm going off on a tangent because I'm in vacation mode. But, whoo. Fucking I mean, kind, of, kind of amazing that you guys were trusting the process with like clearly a forward thinking GM owners got impatient, yes. fired him team decided to go into yes. all in mode, right? Made trades of, you know, and tried to kind of just start winning. Now everything's starting with to kind Jimmy of Butler and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it, it's, it's kind of sad because like, Hinky didn't get to sort of see his full vision realized. Like he was, you know, maybe a year or two away from like all of this coming together with like the greatest young core in maybe the last 15 years. Been and now it just yep. seems like this is kind of the ceiling for them. It does seem that way. We should do an NBA podcast. Hinky died for our sins, as we say in Philadelphia. <laughs> but um, I don't think that those sins are even going to, you know, come to fruition. Like it's not going to lead to anything. And to be honest with you, I think the Sixers, no, I don't just think. If Simmons is out, I know the Sixers go out first round if ever they play the Celtics, yeah. the Raptors, they're better teams. And we're going to focus on the Flyers and the Phillies in Philly now. So moving on, yeah, moving on to talking about golf. Sorry that I uh, – digressed here fellows but it's tough when you you know have hashtag hush 
trust the process for years and years and things don't come to fruition. So <laughs> waiting for the but trust the golf process because we, we hit a 30 to one outright. So that's what I'm talking about. Any other um, thoughts about the PGA championship, Tiger Woods thoughts, anything you guys want to say about him? Hey, Tiger gave it a run. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, Tiger, um, honestly, obviously not what we, ex- we wanted when we, we took him at 40 to one uh, putter just wasn't there, man. I mean, like everything else in his game was actually pretty decent. He was pretty solid on approach. And it was either, I can't remember now, it was it Friday or Saturday? He kept putting himself in a position to birdie. It was just, you know, six to eight footers consistently. And that's, you know, an area where you'd expect Woods to convert. And he just couldn't do it. So never really got into contention. Had a really nice Sunday, though, which was encouraging. I mean, I think, you know, one of the problems with Tiger just that we're going to have to think about as, as odds come out. And if he continues to get priced in this, you know, 40 to 50 range, which is just wild, is like, you know, he's playing so infrequently. Frequently, and he obviously like you know he won two tournaments at the or he won you know two tournaments in 2019 without playing consistently. So he clearly can do it, but it's just I feel like it's just tough when you're going against guys playing every every other week to take you know six to seven weeks off between tournaments. I agree with all those Tiger points. And what I was trying to say when I was cutting in and out is it was just kind of, it was nice for me to see him in red on Sunday again. But yeah, I mean we do have to think about the fact that the infrequency of play is going to affect it. Do you think he'll start playing a little bit more frequent or not because he doesn't want to risk injury, right? Major sometimes it's just not tournament. worth it. Yeah. Right. Majors right. and big tournaments, but we're still not gonna see him every week like we see some of these guys. Like Song yeah. Jay. Yeah. When is the next tur- <laughs> So when is the next major tournament? It's, well, it's after FedEx Cup. They go yeah. US Open and then we get okay. it's funny, we get into swing season, which is the start of the next season, and then we get Augusta in November. So it's a, a okay. weird schedule. So he won't play the swing, but he you know, there's a chance we do get to see him like two or three straight weeks because of the FedEx Cup playoffs and then Absolutely. the US Open. So he might be able to kind of build a little bit of consistency there. So we'll hopefully be able to pick off a good number, you know course dependent yeah. right he might be able to hit his stride right there and Ryder cup is canceled right that was supposed to be in september yeah. okay it, okay it's done push the year okay okay so, i think okay. that works for uh pga championship unless you have a final thought there no i was just gonna say i think it was a great tournament but what, what do we got on board for next what are we doing next week i know there's not a lot of major golfers not a not a major mm-hmm. tournament here but this is what the wyndham championship are they playing this in a wyndham hotel because it seems like nobody's fucking playing this week probably just not playing because yeah just just got done with a major tournament it's in oh greensboro north carolina i'm down here in north carolina okay okay can't go because you know covid i was gonna say maybe shoot over there if you get a little bit bored down there um yeah i I might (laughs) so you were right (laughs) the wyndham championship it is sponsored by wyndham hotels and resorts but interestingly enough about this this is actually one of the older tournaments on the circuit here it's been around since I think 1935, but it used to be called the Greensboro Open or something like that. Greater Greensboro Open. Okay. So it switched in 2007 to the Wyndham Championship. Cool thing about this is it's, you know, the top 10 guys in the Wyndham Rewards playoff thing here, they get extra money. So the top 10 guys get extra cash. Justin Thomas is already number one, so he's already in the cash spot. He's having a good year making money. The next nine spots are open. So hopefully we get to see you know, people duking it out for some of those top money spots. The real implications come at the bottom of this tournament where, you know, people are fighting for their position in the FedEx Cup playoffs, which we'll start to see next week. But not to get too far into that, let's talk about the course a little bit. This is a short review, not like our normal ones. We're playing in Greensboro, North Carolina, like we talked about at Sedgefield Country Club. This is a Donald Ross design. 
You've heard me talk about Donald Ross before. We have. I fucking we love have. Donald Ross. Donald He's just Ross. old school Scottish designer. I mean, East Coast, Northeast Coast, you're seeing tons of Donald Ross growing up. So like there's some sort of comfort to it. This is going to be kind of one of those bomber courses. It was built in 1925. So it's open fairways. It's made for all levels to play on. They will lengthen it and play the, you know, the pros from the tips. It'll be harder, but it's going to be very drivable course. There's not much in the way when you fucking throw a bomb out there. So you can kind of ham and egg it if you need to. So we're looking for guys on, on my side here. We're looking for guys that can put the ball out there and then they, they can get it on the green and putt. We're working with Bermuda grass greens, very nice putting surfaces, small greens. But, you know, this isn't really a crazy challenging course. You're going to see a lot of low scores. And, you know, it's another par 70. So we're going to, we're looking for some low scores this week out of some big bombers that can actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Looking at the names of people competing. Kepka is in this one. He currently. I wonder why he's playing in it. Okay. Probably money. Um, And he's low down on the list too, right? So we were talking about this a little bit. The shifting down in the FedEx standings is really important in non-COVID years, but it's a little bit important this year. Okay. This is kind of what gives them the qualification to play again in the FedEx Cup playoffs next year and keep their tour cards and all that kind of stuff. So this is typically an important tournament, but given COVID times and all the shit that we've been, you know, faced with this year, they all have their exemptions through 2021. So this is really about a money grab at this point and positioning. Cash grab for perhaps Brooks Kepka, who did not win in a major last week. And after winning, what, it was like four of eight. He had a streak going back to last year. Okay, very nice. Nice course preview. We'll try to grind through odds since I know, you know, it's the middle of a day. I'm on vacation and you guys are in the middle of your work day. And we don't want to, you know, jam it up too much. But I'm going to go through the list. I can't get Bookmaker to pull up on my computer right now. So we're going to go with beautiful FanDuel. I can pull it off on my phone, but my camera's up on my phone. And then I'll just get all fucked up. So we're just going to go with uh, FanDuel and go down the list. Webb Simpson, the favorite at FanDuel, 10 to 1. I imagine Bookmaker's close. Then after that, like I said, Brooks at 12 to 1. Patrick Reed, 17 to 1. Fleetwood, our boy, Tommy Fleetwood fucks, 18 to 1. I don't know why. And Tommy fucks. That. <laughs> um, God, that's that's just so disgusting. Paul Casey, 20 to 1. Justin Rose, 22. Harris English, 24. Kisner, 31. I haven't seen his name that low in a while. He, he played Ryan, last week. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Moore, 33 to 1. Siwoo Kim and Sung J.M. at Rhymes, 33 and 34 to 1. <laughs> Sung J. Sung J. We haven't been on him recently, but we're on him like the first six weeks, I think, after the uh, restart. He just didn't cash too much for us, Sung J. But that's like our top 10 to 12 in there. Billy Horschel also, 35 to 1. Or boy, Jordan Spieth, 40 to 1. I think I saw him at 55, Ostrand. So. <laughs> yeah, Shopping around. He's still there. Jordan Spieth. God, or don't don't shop it around because of, you don't want sack to sack of shit. As you call <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't you don't even want to bother shopping him around. He is yeah. Not just try to tournament. have someone take the bet from you and be like, I'll bet yeah. you that he doesn't win. <laughs> Twelve to exactly. one. <laughs> I'll book it. I'll book yeah. it. At Fifty-five to one. Book it for you. Yeah. So yeah. what's on our card here in terms of value to what we like mm-hmm. here? Not a big list of names. In terms no, of popularity. And, and I think, you know, we're talking about Brooks. He He's like 92nd in the FedEx Cup standing. So, you know, he's already into the first tournament of the playoffs. But, you know, you get cut down to 70 after that. So maybe that's his motivation for playing. I'm hoping he realizes this is dumb for him to waste any energy on this tournament. And he drops because it's just going to make our current prices that much better. We're not, we're not on Brooks this week. And so, you know, in particular, 
Paul Casey, I think is, uh, you know, our first guy on the board. Phenomenal last week. Gained 7.2 strokes on approach. Actually gained in putting for the first time in five tournaments. Finished second if Morikawa isn't just insane on the weekend. I mean, he went 65-64. Paul Casey's in a playoff with DJ and, you know, has a chance to win his first major. So playing extremely well, you know, as as Dutch said, this is a relatively short course, wide fairways. You're going to have to be great with the, with the irons on approach because you're going to have to score. And that's, you know, Paul Casey's game. So I think he's really well suited for the, for this course. And at the price of 20 to one, I see, you know, I got a little just sort of, you know, I got like 2019 at bookmaker. Now he's actually south of plus 1600. So I still like that band. Mm number he's getting close to sort of where I, I cut it off around plus 1400 but still plenty of value on FanDuel and I think Bookmaker is reflecting the fact that he's very well positioned to win this tournament interesting interesting top 10 looks like FanDuel is plus 165 I would say if you don't want to bet the outright but why would you skip an outright after we hit Morikawa the second outright in the month <laughs> so don't skip yeah. the outrights yeah, I seriously. mean you can add a top 20 to it if you really want okay Brooks Kepka. I wonder if he's gonna stay in this or pull out Not I hope he leaves. That would be so great for our guys. <laughs> it would be very great to get some more value on these lines. Awesome. Absolutely. Sung Jay, we're back on him. We, oh, we're we took back a few on weeks him. I spoke too soon. We, we, too took soon. A, we took a few weeks <laughs> off. Ball striking was not particularly good for a while, and that is Sung Jay's game. But he showed some life last week, especially off the tee. And like to be honest, this is sort of one of those long form type plays. Like Sung Jay is in this type of field should be priced closer to like a Patrick Reed than he should a Brendan Todd. You know, okay. he's just a better player. And so, you know, if his irons start to come back a little bit and they did show some signs last week, he actually gained on approach, although only slightly, he usually does much better, but he had lost on approach in six straight tournaments, which is extremely abnormal for him. So he, he's kind of back with the irons a little bit. Hopefully that trend continues. And, and he's just, you know, he's like, on talent wise, like the fourth or fifth best player in this field. So the fact that you're getting him in a, in a, you know, depressed field, weaker competition at, at, you know, plus 4,000, he's now at plus 3779 on bookmaker. I think he said 3,400 on FanDuel, a lot of value there. I think he should be priced closer to, you know, kind of the low twenties. Right. If this tournament happened, I mean, two, three months ago, he would be, you know, in the twenties because he was coming off because he was playing pretty well before, you know, mm -hmm. COVID broke out. Right. Sungjae going back Phenomenal. to Rocket Morgic. Yeah. He was, he won a tournament, right? In February. Yeah. 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 He won the okay. Honda. He was awesome at the Honda. He gained 6.2 on approach, 2.5 off the tee. He was great. And then he finished the next week. He was third at Arnold Palmer and didn't even play that great with his irons. So, I mean, yeah, pre-COVID, pre he was phenomenal. And even coming out of the break, he finished 10th coming out at the Charles Schwab. It's just sort of the last six tournaments have been kind of a disaster for him. Yeah, but that's what I'm looking at right here. Rocket Mortgage, going back to Rocket Mortgage, 53rd, 63rd, miscut, 35th, miscut. This little brutal. This is the kind of course <laughs> you come back on, though, guys. I mean, growing up, yeah, there you go. These Donald Ross courses, you can fucking grip it and rip it. As long as you can shape your irons on the approach and maybe work your wedges to, like, the middle of the green, these greens aren't massive. They're, they're not like you're going to have 35 million 75-foot putts. Sure, right, we're, right. We're, we're getting to the center and working on, you know, fairly easily structured greens because they're, you know, they're really the same as they were in 1925. They've kept true to this design. And, like, ball striking here, who gives a shit? Let's get Sunjay just to blast one out there and stick it in tight. That's all we need. Absolutely. That's all we need. 34 to 1 at Fandle. Okay. I okay. like him.
I like that play. Next guy I think I'm particularly excited about this week. Well, the next two guys, actually. First, let's start with Corey Connors, who we have already captured massive potential CLV on. He's currently plus 3857 at Bookmaker. I know that we we posted, you know, plus 4,800 at FanDuel, and we actually bet him at plus 5,500 and plus 5,300, respectively, at Bookmaker. So some money coming in on Corey, and, and for a lot of reasons. I mean, first and foremost, he's just a great iron player, eighth in the field and approach over, our, you know, the timeline we use for modeling standpoints. He's been pretty solid at par 70s, so he does well at shorter courses, great off the tee, sixth in the field off the tee. There's, um, I think, like seven or eight holes, um, par fours that are 400 to 450 yards. He's 14th in the field there. So he, you know, and he can also score on par fives, which one of the par fives here has like a 6% eagle rate. Uh, So a lot of opportunity there. So love, love Corey this week. I think he's insane value where he is. And so, um, you know, definitely, definitely like him at the the current prices at, you know, at FanDuel. And, you know, if he, Drifts again at Bay Bookmaker getting back in around anywhere around there. Yeah, you're you're gonna see some shorter par fives for sure. I mean, I think the longest par five this week is five sixty, which isn't that long for these guys. Super did he miss the cut at the PGA championship this past week? He did. He did? Okay. But yeah, hey. he rested up. He rested up for the Wyndham. Smart. Sometimes you just gotta rest up. Take the weekend yep. off. Sign an incorrect car, get yourself disqualified like Tim Galley. <laughs> get take, down to North Carolina early. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Just take the weekend off, go on vacation with your family, leave after two days because you're fed up with them, and then go and play in the next tournament. <laughs> totally kidding. I love my family, kind of. Um, but Connors, Connors isn't bad. I mean, if you're going back here, going back, Workday Charity was 39th, the next one 22nd at the Memorial. He actually showed up pretty well there, and I think we were on him on a couple of matchup bets a couple of weeks in a row, and he cashed for us. So I like it. Still 48 to 1 to, at FanDuel. So hit it. Hit it now. You see his name out there a lot? You heard it here first. Heard it here on Wager first. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and look, he, he does, you know, he's not like he's won on tour before he won at the, at the Valero, Texas in last year. So, I mean, he definitely has the ability to win and those irons get going and we can get his putter to be okay. I, I think he has a great shot to win this. So that price is, is wild value. I love it. I love it. I'm getting excited for the Canadian Connors already for this yeah. weekend. Corey, the Canadian, let's do it. Corey, the Canadian. Okay. That one's and already booked. Speaking, speaking of even more value, our boy HV3, we're back on him. We've been uh, on him. I think we're we're basically just a sort of Morikawa, Matsuyama, Xander, and HV3 podcast at this point yeah. because they continue to all pop in our model. Only Morikawa wins for us, but uh, we'll keep betting the other ones until it works it's out as well. It's only been a month. Yeah, it's only been <laughs> yeah. two months since we've been you know grinding on the podcast hard. He's won twice in the past month. Give it some yeah. time. Varner's been there for us. He's been on our card quite a bit. Varner also he just has a cover of Golf Digest this month. So there you Ooh, go. I saw Golf Digest you mojo. that. Yeah. Sent that on our group chat this morning. I like that. I yep. like that. He's gaining confidence. He's like, oh, I'm all sexy on the cover. Look <laughs> what's gonna happen now. But we'll let Bo Strain tell us why we should bet on him, not just because he's looking sexy on a cover. Agreed. Yeah, he's um I have him as the ninth most likely to win. So very different from where the odds board is, you know, for all the same reasons. Look, the guy can birdie. He's putting himself in position, really good on par fours, really great on approach, fifth in the field over our forecasting period or our modeling period rather. So yeah, I mean, even last week, you know, wasn't 
elite on approach. He gained 2.8 strokes though, and that's against an elite field. So that's a pretty solid number. He just lost 2.4 putting. So I mean, that's sort of the story with Varner. You got to have the putter working okay. But you know, he went through a period earlier this year where he gained on approach in eight straight tournaments. And that's sort of his game. And that's the type of game that'll work here. And he also has the ability to gain off the tee, you know, two to three strokes a tournament when he's really clicking and against a, a weakened field. You know, he was making a run on Sunday. He, he pulled it back a little bit at one point and finished 29th, but he was, you know, up to, to six under over his first seven holes and then eight and nine got him, ended up finishing three under, but pretty solid performance for him against a really good field. And this is a much more beatable, beatable field this week. I think, I think he can compete. I think so too. I think this is a course. Also, he's North, he's from North Carolina too. So he's playing on courses that he's, you know, used to playing on, especially this course. I mean, if you're a PGA professional and you live in North Carolina or hail from North Carolina, you've played a course like this or this specific course multiple times. I like it a lot here. I know I say that about almost every bet, but the fact that, you know, he's on the cover, he's playing well right now. Like I keep saying, he's looking sexy on the cover. He's playing well right now. 70 to one at Fandle, 68.5 to one at Bookmaker. I mean, and you have him ranked ninth in terms of uh, total players this weekend, Vostrin. Do yep. we lose Vostrin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So ninth, ninth, and he's listed as like 20th uh, yeah. overall. So that works. Yeah, I, I have him with like a like a 3.3% chance of winning. So super high. I and mean, that's always the funny part of golf betting. It's like, I love this guy. He's got a 3% chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it's worked out recently. But, so, that's but, but that's that's obviously considerably better than, uh, you know, than where he's currently priced, right? So he's, he should be priced, I think, closer to 30 to 1. He's being priced at, you know, 70 to 1. So, I mean, that that's where the value lies. Great yeah. value. Great value. Put mm-hmm. 10 bucks on it even. Like if you're not, you know, accustomed to betting on golf, if you only want to do a little bit on the outrights and hit the matchups, just put 10 bucks on it if you really want to. 70 to 1, you might get $700. We have plenty of friends who did that last weekend. Put, what, 20 at like 50 to 1. They came out with a grand. I mean, I'm tuning our own horn, but it can lead to an awesome weekend. And even if you don't win, I mean, you, you have a guy in the mix there. You learn about golf a little bit more. You're watching a sport that you don't you know, typically watch. You know, there's a lot of sports right now. We're talking about trust the process and the shitty Sixers. There's hockey, but there's a lot that you can learn and a lot to be gained from golf. It's, it's an intense sweat, and I love it, guys. It's, it's yeah. grown on me so much in the past two to three months here. So I'm very happy that you've opened my eyes to this. Absolutely. It's a fun sport to handicap for sure. It's an awesome sport to handicap. Should we wrap it at that and just say that we'll have the full card and matchups at wager underscore ragers or someone else that we should touch on? I think, uh, what's it called? If you, if you look at the, the Twitter or the Instagram stuff that we have, we did post an early card because we did want people to get value before we put out the podcast. So go to our, you know, pages and you'll see that there we might add to it as well yeah uh, we got a couple guys i think we're going to add just really some bombs that we think have a decent shot but i think we hit on the guys we're most excited about the only one i would just quickly mention really excited about uh cam davis and, and luke list um you know they just kind of fit the right profile for this um and even like luke list for example finished 51st of the pga last week not great but he gained 5.4 on approach mm-hmm. he just lost seven and a half putting so uh <laughs> get that putter get that putter to just not be horrible 
And, uh, and that's the there. type of yeah. that's the profile we like at a hundred to one. I, I hundred to you know, one. I'm looking at it here, at bookmaker. Yeah, yeah. hundred to one could wow. could get exciting. So yeah, we'll we'll put the full card out. You know, I think there's a couple ads, but Dutch put it out early, so hopefully everyone's grabbing value right now and, and uh, enjoying the commentary. Yeah, he did put it out early, giving me a little bit of a break as I'm here on vacation. He put it out early on Instagram, Twitter, wager underscore rager, and we'll have all the picks out there, all the matchup picks. We'll probably get some NHL picks, some series prices off. So I'm pretty pumped for hockey playoffs to start up. I've got my flyers with plenty of other teams in the mix there. And we're working on baseball. We've got some NBA picks. Did you guys see that I put out an NBA pick this weekend? Was so excited about my CLV Blazers. <laughs> Blazers money line, Kawhi, because I got a notification right before I started my eight, nine hour drive down here, pounded it because I saw Kawhi was out. Looked down at the score. They're up by five with like a minute left. I looked down again. They lose by five. I was like, Jesus. CLV's nice, but it doesn't always mean you'll win. Long-term, yeah. you'll be okay, sure. though. Agreed. It's the only way to measure yourself long-term. But, yeah, it uh, it stinks when you capture it and uh, you don't get the outcome you need. Yeah, just follow us for CLV with NBA, and then you'll eventually <laughs> lose. There you go. But, you know, long-term, you'll be okay, though. Long-term, you'll be okay. Agreed. Agreed. All right, fellas. I appreciate it. I appreciate you making time for me and me making time for you on my vacation. Yeah, yeah. You know, we appreciate yeah. that. Thanks for taking some time away from taking time off to – to hang out with us. We appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just need a little break from your vacation to speak exactly. to your friends and to exactly. speak to everybody about how good we are at golf betting. So make sure everyone <laughs> uh, follows us to see some of the content, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, really anything on a computer. You can probably find us, right? Yeah. Google WageRager. I'm going to create a goal this week. We're going to get a YouTube video out there. Cause our YouTube video page right now just fucking sucks right now. Like it, <laughs> Had a really nice run. Like we had UFC going to focus on other things. My goal is to get not just one, but two YouTube videos out there this week. That's going to happen. I have time on my hands, so it's there going go. to happen. There you go. And also, uh, Rager Dutch has now joined the Instagram community. So at Rager underscore Dutch. You can see me posting dumb shit on there, too. Look at that. I did get a notification on my phone the other morning that you followed me. I was like, who is this fellow? Oh, it's, it's Dutch. <laughs> he created a new Instagram account. <laughs> Burner Dutch. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Burner Dutch. Got to have those burner accounts. <laughs> Take my uh, my cues from KD, baby. There yeah, you go. Can't, can't yeah. get canceled. It can't get canceled if you post under fake pseudonyms, right? There you go. <laughs> so you'd think. So you'd think. Dutch and Vostrain, I appreciate it. Let's win some more money this weekend. It's been a Let's pleasure. Go get it, boys.